Welcome. It's the Daily Objective. Jonathan Honig with you from Chicago. Many people say it's the news capital of the world, but these days you could even say it's the objectivist capital of the world because we've got so much exciting programming coming to you from the Ayn Rand Center UK, from Chicago, from New York, from all over the world, oftentimes bringing you scholars. Welcome. People like it's the Daily Valiant, people like... Uh, 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 sorry, I'm turning off this uh, issue here. James Valiant, people like Harry Binswanger, and people like our friend Ed Black, who's joining us today. Ed, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. And some people might, uh, I think, probably know your name and maybe not recognize your face because they've they've read a lot of your works. Um, Ed is actually a very well-known, not actually, but he is a very well-known psychologist. He's developed a whole area of psychology known as goal-setting theory. He is an established uh, scholar and professor and published a number of books. The most recent is called The Illusion of Determinism, why Free Will is Real and Casual, and then more recent after that, The Selfish Path to Romance. And he's also a member of the board of directors of the Anthem Foundation for Objectivist Scholarship. And he's, I think it's you know, pretty safe to say, been a part of the objectivist movement for quite some time. So, you know, it's just wonderful to have you on the program. And this is your first time with the Iran Center UK. I think I've been on with Razi before on Romance. By the way, I need a correction. I'm no longer doing Anthem. Uh, okay. All right. With that board. All right. Good. Well, in the past, and, and you're busy with a lot yeah. of other things. In fact, yeah. one of which is very astute critique. And of all your accomplishments, we could have you on, you know, at great lengths to just talk about your your professional work. But, you know, we have you on today, um, in particular, to talk about a, a pretty interesting uh, critique that you wrote about two uh, you know, a word that is kind of inspires a lot of, uh, or a name I should say that inspires a lot of interest and a lot of oftentimes. Uh, uh, anger amongst a lot of people, and that is Steven Pinker. Uh, Steven Pinker has you know, been favorably mentioned by Dr. Jerome Brook, Don Watkins, so many others. He's the author of two books that I'm aware of, Enlightenment Now and The Better Angels Are Nature. I guess he's written a number of others. Uh, his most recent is called Rationality, Why It Is What It What It Is, Why It Seems Scarce and Why It Matters. And it's already, of course, flying up the charts. And Ed, you read it, and I read, your review, uh, straight off the bat, you think rationality is important, but you don't like the way that Pinker addressed it at all. Right. Uh, Pinker's problem, uh, those of us who are objectivists wouldn't be surprised, he has no conception of a proper philosophy. And this showed itself in Enlightenment Now, which was the half of the book on why, it, why good things happen. Of course, it was tremendous but he had no idea where it came from. And it's mainly- Well, you hard. say the same thing. You say that the title of the book sounds promising. And you know, we yeah. think objectivism and reason kind of go hand in hand, but yeah. this doesn't he, deliver. He doesn't, he's tied into all the wrong philosophy as he was in the Enlightenment Now book on the philosophical part, even though his, so just like this book, the concept is good, right? reason really is important and more important than ever in a society that's kind of collapsing into rampant emotionalism from every direction and both parties and online things like Facebook. It's, it's really a, a disaster. So uh, one could have hoped that this would be a tremendous antidote, but it fails. He doesn't get the job done. Starting with... 
He doesn't Am I right? Just interrupt you for one second. Am I right? At one point, Miss Rand was asked about why she she asked why she is an advocate for capitalism, and her answer was, in effect, she's an advocate for capitalism because she's an advocate for reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, so re you're important. You you open your review with kind of establishing the importance of reason, especially now. Right, but he doesn't know even what it is. He doesn't even have a uh, definite proper definition. Uh, he defines it as the use of knowledge to attain goals, which is way, way, way too narrow. Versus the objectivist, which is the integration of the material um, of the senses into concepts and following the law of contradiction and the like. So that's the fundamental definition. He doesn't know what concepts are. He's a very subjectivistic uh, view of concepts, sort of vague resemblances doesn't know how concepts are made, how they're validated. And when he applies this to morality, it's even more disastrous because his moral concept is the golden rule. That's a success. Hey, you mentioned that, you know, his whole thing was, you know, do unto others as you would have done uh, unto yourself. But that's, that's pretty common, Ed. I mean, that's, and what's wrong with that, right? I mean, I play devil's advocate for a moment, you know, the idea that, you know, you wouldn't want somebody to steal from you, so don't steal from them. That that seems oh. to make, you know, Rand talked about the importance of common sense. Isn't that common sense? The, the problem with, with it is that the golden rule has no content. Doesn't talk anything about virtues at all. So let's take the example you gave of uh, not wanting to be robbed. Well, according to his view, you could have the view if you were a mafia member, uh, rob, rob and be prepared to be robbed. You rob and I'll rob and I'll rob better than you. Uh, kill and be prepared to kill and I'll kill better than you because I'm a tougher guy. There's no principle involved. And for objectivism, of course, we start with life as a standard and reason as one's means of survival. So the basic principle of morality, the foundation is reason. Reason is man's means of survival and reason as the uh, larger uh, encompassing thing of all the other virtues, uh, which are applications of that, uh, honesty, integrity, productive pride uh, and the like. So- I have to say, I'm, I'm kind of surprised to hear him deficient in this. I mean, I. As I said, I haven't read any of Pinker's books, but you know, as I understand, and I hear Dr. Brooke and others talk about, you know, better angels of our nature, for example, being such kind of an, an exuberant praise for, for man. And I guess I thought implied by that was was reason. But um, you know, from I, what I've from me I have not read that book. And I don't know well, what he means by it, but I'm I'm suspicious because uh, by nature we don't have angels and we're born tabula rasa. That we have to acquire a philosophy for a living. That's so not innate. You you make the point too, and I'm I'm quoting you now from your review. It opens with tricky logic problems, including the infamous goats behind the door problem, which I had to look up. That's what the oh you don't know Monty, you don't know that one. That's well, they the call most, it the Monty Hall thing, right? Too. It's that's like going, you get door number one, and then you want door number two. That's been going around for like ten years, driving people crazy, and it actually is quite difficult. My when I first did it, I was completely wrong. I had to consult with two scientists to get my mind straight and figure out, yeah, he was right. Uh, but 
But part, yeah. of, part of your critique writ large is that he spends a lot of time, as you say, on you know, prisoner's dilemma and rock, paper, scissors, yeah. you know, that, that's not how people live their life, but that's how he seems to structure yeah. decision-making and morality. These kinds of problems that he brings up are fun problems. They're not the kind of thing a normal person would encounter any, any more than the lifeboat problem or, you know, who would you throw out of the boat if you're starving? And Ayn Rand even talked about that, I think, but that's not how you approach the topic at all. So uh, he's all already in the set of modern philosophy and all its consequences. So he doesn't approach the topic of morality correctly. And so he can't get to a good uh, solution for it. And he spends a lot of time on statistics. Uh, not only the goat problem, game theory, prisoner's dilemma, paper, scissors, rock. These aren't the kinds of things you're going to encounter in your life. Let me ask, is that just a way that kind of a lot of these people try to smuggle in the idea that there is no objective uh, reason that kind of anything goes? I mean, what's the purpose of why they smuggle in those impossible situations all the time? And, you know, is it, is it to kind of suggest that, you know, the impotence of, of thought or reason that who knows, it's all I think roll it's the dice anyway? I think it's conventional, being conventional. They follow the crowd. So what does the crowd say? Morality is subjective, and then they try to get out of it with a Bible, which you know, which nobody thinks works. And then they have concepts of subjective. That's pretty standard stuff. And uh, and uh, then he gets into all these technical statistics things. But you know, most of your life isn't going to involve a lot of statistics, except generally speaking. Like you know, don't drive when you're drunk. Uh, taking illicit drugs can kill you, like fentanyl. Uh, 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 if you want to have a relationship with another person, uh, you, better, you better have moral character so you can earn their love by having virtues and stuff like that. So that's the kind of stuff. And then things like, well, you have to support yourself. So what do you have to do? That's rational. How do you support yourself? You learn skills. And you get an education, and then you find a job that you can do, and then you become expert at it if you can. And then how do you live with your money? You try to earn enough to live, and then you save the money. But but where? And, but Ed, where's where's Pinker in where's Pinker in contrast to anything you're saying there? That's what a, you know. Where is he against any of that? He doesn't talk about stuff like that. Doesn't talk about stuff like that. Know that, like, you know, how to earn a living <clears throat> is really important in life. So it requires the virtues of objectivism, requires reason applied to life, requires require, acquiring knowledge, uh, using that to achieve goals, which requires career and being good at your job. Requires he talks about um, uh, about these. Things where you, uh, you know, the what was it called, the uh, the cookie marshmallow problem, where could you postpone gratification to get two marshmallows instead of one marshmallow? And so, the issue of long-range planning is important, but he doesn't act uh, indicate that life requires an integration of short and long. You don't do just long, otherwise you'd be dead. You don't do just short, 
Otherwise, he could die next week. He doesn't ever get into integration of short-term and long-term. Uh, again, by reason and planning. So let, all let me ask you, um, we have Mary Aileen on the Super Chat, who, uh, thank you for the contribution, asks Dr. Locke, do you still think that the book is worth reading? Uh, I gave it two stars out of five. Uh, that's it's pretty the low. I'm, that's the most I'm going to give it. There's a few parts of it that are kind of interesting, but on the whole, it doesn't have what it takes. Uh, this is kind of, book one of the ideas written I, by an objective. I really like your point here. You this is you said that Pinker says, quoting now Pinker, rational argumentation consists of laying out together with conditional statements that everyone agrees make one proposition follow another. You point that out as what's the what's the problem there, right? Hey, everyone agrees that agreement agreement is not a method of knowing, and it's definitely not a method of science. No. 89% of climatologists agree we're all going to hell in 10 years. Why? Because they agreed to it. That's not a method. The method of science is what do the data show? And what can you infer from the data? More widely speaking, uh, you need knowledge in order to live your everyday life. So, uh, and if, you, if you're in Facebook, which I'm not, I don't like, I don't like these things, public things at all. But I'm not on those and my wife isn't either. But you've got to be careful. In on Facebook, there's a million opinions. And if you follow the mob, you'll be paralyzed mentally. You won't know what to do. Uh, because let's say you want to conform, which is already wrong. Which mob do you follow? <laughs> you know, you've got to think for yourself, even to do like. Okay, let, let's take uh, the vaccine. Well, I read about the vaccine, but I'm very careful who I believe. And isn't that isn't that the irony? And said so you've been in the objectivist movement for a long time. Is that you know objectivism is always accused of being a cult, but in fact, I think you know objectivism always stresses individuality. And whereas it seems like the rest of the whole certainly political spectrum has become extraordinarily tribal. You know, Nikos uh, on our channel talks about us a lot. It's just, you know, almost as if people, you almost get the sense they're wearing war paint these days of whatever stupid tribe that they pledge allegiance to. Well, it is, it is tribalism. You know, it's very, very disconcerting. Uh, like if you say publicly, your individual rights for all, you know, all people have the same rights, you get screamed at and threatened with being fired. You're supposed to have quotas. I mean, it's crazy. Right, right. Or crazy. You know, um, I forget which Ford Hall forum it is. Miss Rand talks about, you know, um, gay rights, Hispanic rights, this rights, and she says to affect something affect like in me. I'm just a mongrel. You're just a mongrel. You know, I am too. And you know that unless you have, you know, that was again prophetic. It's like unless you have that group these days to align yourself yeah. with, you have to do the tough thinking of thinking independently and being independent, and the being individual. The tribalism thing isn't even consistent. Tribalism is mainly pro-Black, special favors with quotas, okay? But if you want to be a tribalist, which I don't, then you have to include special rights for Hispanics, you have to include special rights for Asians, special rights for whites, or they would come in last, of course. 
uh, special rights for pe people from Eastern Europe, special rights for immigrants, special rights for people with mental disability, uh, special rights for the overweight. Or you could just write, I mean, as Ms. Rand say, you know, focus on the smallest minority. Yeah, That's the but, they, but if you say, if you promote individualism, you are attacked as a monster. Mm -hmm. attacked as right, monster. don't you care about- I wrote a short paper on uh, individualism as an antidote to racism to explain actually how you do it, not just saying it. And I said, let's start with a mistake. Colorblindness is not the way to go. You can't be colorblind because color is from perception, sense perception. So you can't do that. You can't say, oh, uh oh, he's black. No, no, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. He's not black. I'm going to cover my eyes. That's ridiculous. So colorblindness is a completely wrong approach. So I, I propose in that article, which is can be, can be found on Capitalism Magazine site, is uh, character awareness. Hmm. Now, character, character awareness works. requires thought. Color blind, color perception is perception, yes. and it's it's automatic, and it's unconscious. But character analysis and ability analysis requires thought. Yeah, that it's, was it's funny, it, it, you know. You we were you're speaking of uh, you know questions of race, and you mentioned that Pinker quotes Martin Luther King on the issue of race, but he misses kind of saying in effect a black mark on America, they miss the bigger point. He misses uh, the best statement Martin Luther King ever made, which is by the way, in my uh, Capitalism Magazine article, this is don't look at the color of the skin, look at the content of character. I think, I think now he's hated for it, even by blacks, I'm not sure. I don't think he would be accepted anymore, but it was the correct statement and if you expand that to say, look at the content of their ability to do a job, then uh, even better. But if you, and if, or if you say all lives matter, which is the correct statement, then you're accused of being a racist. Now, black lives matter is correct. That's all right, but it's not inclusive. So the best statement is all lives matter, regardless of what, who you are. You can't say yeah, that. I mean, you can't you know, say you know, that. Although Although, you know, I don't recall Ms. Wren saying all lives matter, certainly not black lives matter, but she, you know, talks in my memory so often about life and your life as the standard. Well, and everyone has equal rights. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, it, it just, you know, we're going to go check out your article on Capitalism Magazine. Also, Ms. Rand's obviously on racism and kind of refresh those fundamental issues. Um, you started talking about Pinker being off on philosophy, and you end your review saying Pinker ends, now you're talking about the end of his book, ends by espousing many types of human rationality, all useful examples. It would be great with people more more rational, but that is a matter of philosophy, subject, uh, subject on which Rand is much better. Maybe to Mary Lean's point that ultimately Pinker misses the mark here. He misses the mark in everything. He doesn't have the, he doesn't have a correct definition of reason. Uh, he doesn't have a correct concept of what a concept is and how you validate them. He doesn't mention free will. Now, free will is very important because that's your ability to use the rational faculty. Okay, so as soon as you talk about the capacity to think, you have to bring in free will. He doesn't talk about self-esteem as a psychologist. He never mentioned self-esteem. A lot of irrationality is to protect 
fake self-esteem, which I've written about, of course, uh, as Ayn Rand has. So he doesn't bring in a, the causes of emotions. He talks about emotions, he doesn't know where they come from. Uh, so it's the, it's the proper role of emotions in life, which have a role, versus the role of reason in life. So it doesn't have- Let me ask you, the, the popularity of, popularity of Jordan Peterson, the popularity of Pink, uh, Pinker, the kind of the Main Street popularity, they don't have a comprehensive philosophy like Rand does. You know, again, devil's advocate, how do you explain their Main Street popularity? Well, Pinker is trying to, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, what's the other guy, the Canadian? Peterson. Peterson is trying to revolt against a lot of bad cultural issues. He seems to be for individualism. But he doesn't have a full philosophy. Uh, for instance, um, he doesn't have a good concept of ethics. Uh, he doesn't fully understand. He's against, he's against uh, racial quotas, which is good. He doesn't have a clear concept of individualism. Uh, he doesn't have a good theory of self-esteem. Uh, he doesn't have a full theory of how reason functions. I think he, in the place when he went to the Objectivist Conference, he said, I think he agreed with the issue that he agreed with the Hume's principle, you can't get not from an is. He agreed yeah. with it because he defaulted to Hume, but it's wrong. I, I was at that, uh, he was on stage right so you were with there. Dr. Brooke, Dr. Salmieri, and it was, uh, it's, I'm sure it's available on the Anne Center well, or so on the Anne Institute. It didn't work out very well. Salmieri, Salmieri got suckered into a sideline issue. <laughs> right. I thought it was, I thought it was tremendous. That was exciting. Now, Mary Aline wants to follow up, if you don't mind. Okay. Questions. She asks, you're just comment about colorblindness. Mary Aline says, I thought colorblindness was a metaphor for not taking color into account when judging people, not that we should deny our senses, right? Colorblind meant that, as you said, you judge people. I know what you mean. It was a metaphor, but it's a very bad one. Why? Because it's the focus is on a negative, ignoring color. That doesn't help you become unracist. Hmm. And the whole approach, don't be racist, doesn't help people. You want to be, at, treat people right. You have to have a positive, which is look at their character uh, and their virtues and their knowledge and their abilities. And that, that, that's a process of thought. So, so even using a metaphor like that is very, very uh, misguided, I believe. You think this is a, I mean, we're kind of getting a little off track here, but you know, in terms of perception, if you will, on this issue, do you think it's wrong to, to say, well, I know, I know how someone looks, they're this color or that color, but I don't know anything about them. Yeah. It's, it's like, I know that he's white, or has red hair, but I don't know anything about Exactly, him. exactly. That's the way you need to approach people. And you learn about them through conversation as a starting point. And uh, to th thoroughly know a person can take, you can learn something in five minutes. Maybe the person's completely an irrational idiot or disgusting, but uh, to learn them in depth if you wanna keep going can take months or years, especially in romance. So you, you have to acquire knowledge gradually and then integrate it into more broader abstractions. 
So the whole, you have to get above the perceptual level right away. You know, we have you on, we have you on obviously to talk about your review. And is that going to be published on Capitalism Magazine? I'd like everyone to read that. Where is that going to be? Oh yeah, uh, I have a lot of articles in Capitalism Magazine. So this one's called uh, Using uh, Reason as an, uh, what's it called? Uh, individualism and Reason as Antidotes to Racism. And what about the Pinker article? That's, that'll be on there as well. Pinker article is an Amazon review. Okay. Good. We'll go out and check that and, and, and uh, not, read the whole thing. It's, it's about it's 800 very, words. It's very, it's very well written. In, it's incomplete. I could have said, I've told you a lot more than is in there. I didn't want to keep going for five pages on it. So, uh, but, um, so I have stuff on Capitalism Magazine about uh, American slavery, why the 1619 issue is completely dishonest and historically wrong. I have one on socialism why socialism is actually fundamentally nihilism and why that is. I have an article on how dictators think and how you have to, how you appraise a dictator and uh, why the UN is a completely farcical institution. So- uh, That's a great resource. Now it's Mark DeCuna who I believe yeah. runs that or has yeah. been involved with that. So definitely check that out. Check out your articles. I mean, there's. And, you know, so much out of, of Dr. Locke, what you've been so uh, extraordinary at is applying objectivism, you know, and especially with your work about relationships and love, you know, people think of Ayn Rand and, and uh, you know, love or sex, and they just think, oh, well, she didn't like homosexuals. And they don't know that there's like this whole area of study about romance and about love and about the importance of relationships. And you explore that in a lot of your work, your private, you know, your private practice and your book as well. By the way, for the record, she... She uh, withdrew that comment. Thank you for but clarifying that. Psychologist explained to her that uh, being gay is not a psychological error. It's and the, the, the indicated it's overall clear that it's genetic. Nothing to do with um, morality, and even some objectivists still make the mistake of thinking it's bad childhood. Not true. No evidence for that whatsoever. Scott, thank you for the contribution. Uh, asks, could you expand on what happened from your perspective on Dr. Selmieri and Jordan Peterson? What would happen from Selmieri your perspective? Got sucked in to a discussion of Hume's uh, uh, mistake, and I told him afterwards. I said, "If I were you, Peterson had his go, so you had your turn." Why didn't you give a one-minute summary of objectivism as an alternative to Peterson right away? You can do it in one minute. I've done it. You could do it on one leg, right? As yeah. Rand did. Why didn't you do that uh, right away? And objectivists, this isn't the only time this happened. Objectivist debaters are prone to get sucked in to the other guy's agenda right away. Let's say you're debating on socialism and someone says, we have to have uh, welfare uh, and you get sucked into welfare. That's a big mistake. You should start, if you're an objectivist, by saying, let's start with number one. Well, isn't that why, as let I understand, me, Ms. Rand always avoided debate was that- let's, let's, let's start with number one. Capitalism is the only method of wealth creation ever, period. That's not even debatable, not even 
arguable it is a fact number two earning your living through voluntary trade and making money is a moral virtue morally good but you have a right to your own life you're pursuing your life through voluntary trade so let's take those two things as a starting point then i and you're my opponent and say okay these are my axioms and oh yeah reason is the only form of knowledge and that they now what do you want to discuss so you set up your agenda right away you don't get sucked into theirs you go down the garden path in a totally different direction and never get to your agenda this happens to objective speakers all the time in debates thank you thank you bonnie for your contribution you know and and i guess you know for me just as a non-scholar so often I'll listen to a kind of highfalutin like a, a, a Peterson, or I always say, you know, I took a class in college from Hürgen Habermas. I'm sure you know who that is. Uh, you know, the, and I can't even understand like what language they're speaking, but inevitably an objectivist scholar, Ms. Rand, obviously, Dr. Peacock, you, Dr. Bernstein, Salmieri, I mean, these people, and you can understand the point. You can, it's in, it's in concepts that are comprehensible. Yes. It makes Habermas, sense here on this earth. Is Habermas a uh, postmodernist? He was German. That's all I remember. I think he's the early post, an, an early postmodernist. I haven't studied him. That's my rec well, that's my vague recollection. Bonnie, uh, thank you, and is thanking you, Dr. Locke. What a gold mine. Is there any quick to follow up if I could? And we only have a minute or two left, but is there any area or is there a place that you know where that comment by Rand bring, refuting that? or I should say altering that earlier comment about homosexuality. Is that in print somewhere? Is that in the archives? Where, where I know that was, be? her mind was changed by talking to a psychologist that I know. All right. And she changed well, her gonna, mind. We're gonna look now, I don't it. know if she ever said it publicly, but she withdrew the attacks on it. Hmm. That's fascinating. And, you know, and, and um, we've actually done whole programs here at the Adirondack Center UK talking about exactly these issues. So all your ability to kind of bring us some of that inside in, in, uh, info and more importantly, just your perspective on every everyday issues like Tinker's book. It's it's really such a, a great pleasure and honor for us to be able to bring that to the world. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Um, so we'll read your articles at capitalismmagazine.com. We will definitely check out the book is Selfish Path to Romance. That's been in print for quite, uh, quite some time, but yes. the new one is The Illusion of Determinism, Why Free Will is Real and casual. Do you mean you actually causal? Oh, is it causal. real and causal? Yeah. Quick, us uh, give us the, the the elevator pitch, if you will, on that one. Not that you need a pitch, but, it, but what, what's is, the idea of that? Is, this is Ayn Rand's theory, okay, right? Uh, but I expand on some areas. I expand a little more on causality. Uh, I expand. I talk about behaviorism. And what's wrong with that? I talk about the status of consciousness as an emergent property. I talk about what free will is, but also what free will isn't. I talk about the issue of the people who try to combine determinism and free will, compromise position, and why that doesn't work. So- the, you know, sorry, These are so those many of those, topics. Those, are, these are the fun of ones that like uh, Sam Harris and Peterson and all these very popular Yes, so-called popular uh, um, uh, philosophers 
they assume, oh yeah, we don't have free will, but objectivism and you with these new, this new book, are chal you're challenging that. Oh, I, I mean, a lot of it's not original, but I bring in a lot of additional material like that. I even bring in uh, the death penalty hmm. uh, because I said, because people are not omniscient. Even it, I said, morally it's just, epistemologically it's probably a mistake because you can make mistakes and then people can die who are innocent. But that's the best argument for doing away with the death penalty is the epistemology, that's in a footnote actually. Uh, so well, I, I remember it's funny you bring that up and thank you, Marilyn. Who's that's from Ayn Rand, but, again. by the way, that's from Ayn Rand. No. I remember that she would say that because, but I wonder because when she said that, that was before the DNA testing technology. I wonder if she would now, because you know, if if that change in technology would change her perspective on the potential for executing, uh, wrongly executing someone. Well, to answer that, I'd say if you could find a way where guilt was hundred percent certain, with no possibility of an error epistemological challenge. But if you can do that, then I think you could say with certain cases, but only those cases, you could have the death penalty. Because morally, I think it's correct for first degree murder. So, so that would be something to, to worth discussing. And that's part of what's, I think, fun about our process here at the Iran Center UK is, you know, we're, we're all students of objectivism and we're learning as we go along from each other and from scholars like you. So thank you for doing the scholarship that you do and for even more importantly, selfishly for sharing it with us. Thank you My again. My pleasure. All right, we'll have you back again. And thank you to all of our listeners and viewers from around the world. As I said, you know, we're able to keep the lights on because of what you're doing in terms of your generous super chats and even more important that your support, your monthly support, if it's five, 10, 15 pounds a month, I mean, that's nothing in actual US dollars, but it means a lot over in the UK. So you'll definitely want to do that and uh, help Rozzy and the crew keep the lights on. Until next time, we'll, we'll see you then. Thank you again. Be well. Okay.